Hey everybody, welcome to Canary Cry Radio episode number 166, How to Mint Freedom with Patrick Holland. My name is Gons. Uh, Basil will be with you in just a moment here. I know it feels weird because we're almost at episode 700 of Canary Cry News Talk, which has only been around since 2016, whereas Canary Cry Radio, which has been around since 2012, is only at episode 166. But Canary Cry Radio has always been more about approaching things from a topical point of view instead of just the news of the week. So here we are. We operate value for value. Go to canarycry.support. Learn all the ways you can support the show. We don't do advertisements. We don't do affiliate codes. We don't do any of that. We are fully produced by producers. That's listeners, people out there volunteering their time, talent, or treasure. And you can find out more about that at canarycry.support. But let's just jump right in. If you're someone who pays attention to world events, especially politics, you may feel dread and hopelessness upon absorbing the myriad of ways in which our federal leaders choose to serve themselves and the interests of lobbyists rather than the will of the people. Change is often promised but never fulfilled, or if there is change, it's usually for worse. But all hope is not lost, especially for Americans. The only caveat is that you won't find it in DC. Rather, it begins with you and your local representation. There are many people who don't get too excited about getting political. Like me, I don't get too excited about that. Since the mere idea of entering into a conversation with a politician directly about an issue seems too personal and perhaps even life-threatening, depending on who you're talking to. Yet, to practice our constitutional rights would mean to make our voices heard loud and clear to those who are elected to represent us. But how and who has the time to do that? In this episode, Basil speaks with Patrick Holland from the Missouri Freedom Initiative, a, quote, clarion call for individual states to reclaim their rights for their residents using powerful tools such as, but not exclusively limited to, the Tenth Amendment and anti-commandeering doctrine, end quote. In early 2023, Bill SB 100, a constitutionally grounding economic pursuit to make gold and silver coinage as legal tender, nearly crossed the finish line and became law in Missouri. But some pretty twisted Democrats got in the way and spoiled the bill by invoking disturbing levels of loyalty to government decreed paper notices of fiat debt and even invoking Nazis, Confederates, MAGA, and of course, a zombie apocalypse. You'll hear all about that in this episode as part of their reasoning for killing the bill. The battle may have been lost, but the war wage is on. As we enter an election year, there are many ways that you can get involved in your local community when it comes to a political thing. But even spending a few minutes a day to write an email to your local representative with some basic copy and paste info can add up over time and volume. In that sense, our local governments are somewhat of an archaic form of social media in a sense. Whatever we the people make trend on the desks of our representatives will get the most attention from them. And perhaps if we are able to feed them the proper information and the reasoning behind the people and what they are looking to do in any certain situation or issue, then it's easier for the representatives to actually move on the behalf of the people. In America today, we've been lulled to sleep and accept whatever terms our governments shove in our faces, whether it be local or federal. The passivity isn't just a mere product of our culture, but in fact, due to the spiritual wickedness, the evil that has been growing ever more present in this age of deceit. 
but it's time to rattle some representatives' cages. Can Canarians, well, mostly Americans, do what you can out there, international folks, make a difference in their local communities by not just leaning on the Constitution, but on God, who gave us the ability to understand and value our freedom and sovereignty? Let's jump into Basil having a conversation with Patrick Holland of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. Here we are, folks. We've made it. And I'm glad you're here because with me, I have a very interesting fellow who's making some real change in this world. I know you're worried. I know you're worried. We're all very worried about what we see happening. But uh, contrary to popular belief, there's actually things going on and there are ways that you can take uh, back your power in this country. And with me, I have Patrick Holland, and he is from the Missouri Freedom Initiative. How's it going, Patrick? Hi there, Basil. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Things are going great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are just working away, buddy. It's, well, you uh, know, I've got my eyes on you. But I think you got <laughs> me beat on that one. You, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Patrick here, un unfazed completely unfazed there's always a moment when we get on with a guest and uh they kind of glance up at the video feed and they see giant googly eyes looking back at them and there's a mo there's at least a moment of sort of uh, uh sort of what's the word i don't know hesitation uh questioning their reality is this really happening but Malaise. Uh, confusion confusion yes there's all sorts of words for this and you have all of you certainly have felt it one time or another looking into my eyes but patrick completely unfazed a steel-faced uh stoic example that no matter what surprises life throws at you uh you can stand firm so thank you for that patrick now uh, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about you, um, just so we can get kind of an idea of what kind of lunatic we're talking to? I gotcha. Okay. Well, the Missouri Freedom Initiative is kind of an interesting group because we don't have any formal registration, membership sign up. We don't take donations. Uh, it's just words that people gather around together to actually get good things done in the state of Missouri. Now, what are good things? What we're most known for was something called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Mm -hmm. And it's a special thing here in Missouri. Many states have it, but ours actually has an enforcement mechanism. Let me explain what this is first before we get on to some newer stuff we've been doing. But like I said, this is kind of what we're famous for. So I'll throw this in first. Okay. Um, now, we didn't start. The Second Amendment Preservation Act, that was done by a gentleman by the name of Ron Calzone in the state of Missouri and another guy by the name of Dave Rowland. But we came in to help out get it across the finish line legislatively. What the Second Amendment Preservation Act is, is basically a law in the state of Missouri that says we do not follow federal gun law. Hmm. We don't follow it. It's not in our state. Now, if the Fed wants to come in and enforce it, they can, but with absolutely no help from our law enforcement, from any political subdivisions. And if they do help the Feds with, you know, enforcing their gun laws in the state of Missouri, then there's an immediate $50,000 fine and a fast track through the court system. Ooh. So we preserved 
the Second Amendment in the state of Missouri, and we have an enforcement mechanism to keep it preserved, hence the Second Amendment Preservation Act with the enforcement mechanism. Now, there's no fanfare for this in the mainstream media. Of course. This has not been discussed, you know, on NBC News and MSNBC. CNN doesn't talk about it. Uh, That's because other states want this, but they don't know how it works. They don't know really how we got it done. And many states don't even know that this this exists. And that's there's a reason for that. Yeah, it seems like seems like one of those things that the. Uh, the powers that be would be very invested in keeping people ignorant about. Yeah, it, it definitely. Now, the the newest news on this is that an Obama appointed uh, a judge in in the Eighth Circuit has overturned the Second Amendment Preservation Act, lovingly known as SAPA in Missouri. We love to shorten things here, huh. and that we are currently going into the Eighth District. Uh, next month to talk about that. And we're, we're going to the Supreme Court if they don't overturn their overturn, because this is a 10th Amendment action. Mm. So we're using the 10th Amendment in the state of Missouri, along with anti-commandeering doctrine, to actually secure the freedoms for the people in the state of Missouri. Now, of course, I have all of the amendments memorized and can spout them word for word. But for somebody out there who might not yet have done their patriotic duty uh, to study, what is the 10th Amendment? You bet. That's basically states' rights is what we are. Anything that hasn't been, you know, thoroughly defined in the Constitution as a right of the federal government uh, basically, by default, uh, goes to the Ninth and Ten Amendments, which is personal rights and then states' rights. Mm. So that's what the Tenth Amendment is. We're using the Tenth Amendment, states' rights, for the state of Missouri to claim what the Founding Fathers uh, actually forever laid in stone with the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms which shall not be infringed. Yes. So we're reclaiming that in the state of Missouri the way the Founding Fathers intended it for the entire country, but we have illegal actions happening in states and in the federal government taking away people's Second Amendment rights all the time. Constant infringements, whether they be laws or regulations or executive actions. Right. So any way you slice it, the Second Amendment is under constant attack. It's constantly being infringed. And Missouri said, no more. We draw the line here. You can't go any further. None of your red flag laws, you know, like, for instance, pistol braces, they're here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we never had a problem with that. We're the only state that didn't have an issue with that wow. because of the Second Amendment Preservation Act with the enforcement mechanism. Right. One example. But Joe Biden has been threatening to outlaw or ban AR-15s. As an example, if that went through as a federal a federal regulation or if they created a law in Congress, the state of Missouri would not follow that because we have the Second Amendment Preservation Act with an enforcement mechanism. Incredible. Now, you know, it's 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 weird in, if somebody is sort of strictly under the mainstream influence, whether that's mm-hmm. the news or or even just culture, uh, the, the very words states rights have been sort of programmed to be some trigger words to just mean racist. You know? Yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> so effective. But unfortunately, I mean, well, fortunately, states' rights, it's the 10th Amendment. It's in the Constitution. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, they will tell you that racism is in the Constitution as well, and that's part of the clever ruse that they've been able to pull over everybody's uh, illusion of the world. Sure. And one thing that we love to talk about in the Missouri Freedom Initiative is something we have in the Missouri Constitution, which is equal application under the law. And so the law should apply equally to everybody, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, what color your skin is, no matter how much money you have, period. Yeah. So we we can we can actually shut down legislation in the state of Missouri as a political activist body by literally going in front of legislators and saying, hey, this bill that you guys are looking at right now that you're going to debate on the floor tomorrow. It's in violation of Article one, Section 10 or I'm sorry, Article one, Section two of the Missouri Constitution. This does Mm -hmm. not have equal application under the law. Uh, So that's one thing I would point out right away, but it'll get into the technicals later. Know your state constitution. Your state constitution is your friend. This is a guideline that you can follow if you're getting involved politically. And I'm going to give you a very good argument as to why it's a better idea to be involved politically in your state than to try and get involved on the federal level. And I can give you great arguments for that. I could take you through it step by step. But Oh, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. As the listeners know, I've, I've uh, danced around the idea of getting – involved on the local level myself recently. Uh, There's some sort of local things going on and I have felt and just like everybody else have been trained to feel fairly hopeless because I, you know, don't own some large portion of the state or or whatever. But uh, so, yes, I the listeners are going to be interested and also myself personally. I need some advice. I need some guidance. And Patrick, you're the man to do it. Hey, hopefully so. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was about to say, aren't you one of those guys buying huge tracts of farmland over the United States of America? But I actually <laughs> as... confused you with Bill Gates for a second. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Not yeah. as much as Bill Gates, but it's certainly uh, part of the life plan here. Okay, gotcha. Good. It's good to have a little bit of land you can work and do something with. But property Amen, rights brother. is another thing that that we should probably have a whole nother show on at some point. Would love to. Um, so the. Okay. And and once again, this is what we're known for. It was helping to get the Second Amendment Preservation Act across the line legislatively, signed into law by the governor. And of course, we're uh, fighting now because the federal government says, no, you can't have that. I'm sorry, you can't have the Second Amendment in the state of Missouri the way you, you know, the, the founding fathers intended. So uh, we're fighting that in court right now. And not us, by the way. Uh, our, our organization is not designed to, to deal with court issues. We deal with the legislators. We go up to Jefferson City and personally deal with senators and representatives. So that's right. what we really, truly do. We do a little bit more than that, but we don't involve ourselves in the court. And so, it seems to be working. It seems pretty uh, effective. I mean, it, I don't think it would be out of bounds to at least uh, describe the organization or the people in it as sort of libertarian adjacent, at least. And that's always the problem with libertarians is the idea of even organizing is sort of uh, practically against some of the uh, the attitudes of libertarians. But I, I love the way you describe the organization where it's just a bunch of people who are sort of bound by the idea that uh, the federal government should follow the constitution and that regular people 
who care can just use the Constitution that was given to us, by the way, by sort of birthright here. We don't need a, a PAC or we don't need fundraising. We don't need a, a, a lobbying group or things like that. It can just be a bunch of people who get together who care enough and actually affect some pretty incredible change. You bet. And we do that on a regular basis. And we're known for that in the state of Missouri. We're very well known by our legislators <laughs> and uh, the Missouri Freedom Initiative. And we engage in an operation we call knock and shock. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I know. It sounds pretty cool. Love it. It is cool, actually. And that's when a bunch of us get together, you know, 30, 40 people. And we go up to the Capitol and we literally go and stop at every legislator's office and squeeze into their offices with all of us and have a little chat. Yeah. And so that's that's what we do. That's what we're kind of famous for. But we're not just going there and having a chat. We're actually promoting legislation, giving ideas to legislators, helping them understand uh, a Missouri point of view. And keep in mind, with 30 or 40 people, I suspect in 2024, that number is going to be twice to three times that mm. size. Yeah. And it's we're we're very noticed when we go up to the Capitol. They know we're there. And so gold and silver is something we need to talk about here in a little bit because that's our latest project. But <clears throat> the idea of actually getting involved in doing something in the state is something um, I want people to start thinking about because when I go on socials, I see people get involved in their echo chambers and, yeah. and they're stuck in their echo chambers. They can't get out and they really do depend on positive reinforcement on everything they say in a social. Right. You've got to get out of that comfort zone, folks. Um, that comfort zone is not doing anyone any good. You're not making any positive change. Um, and you, your state needs you badly, really badly. And we'll explain that in, in a little bit here. Right. But, uh, I mean, part of the you can see look around on the Internet. You, there's things like ideological capture. There's uh, sort of algorithm mm -hmm. uh, echo chamber capture, and they purposefully make it very comfortable for you uh, in your little space. And they they more or less just won't bug you about it. You know, there's nope. a, of course, there's little there. They're very yeah, comfortable with you being there. Trust me. Exactly. They don't want you. They don't want you leaving that chamber and actually doing something. Right. And there might be, you know, some soft nudges for the purpose of, uh, you know, marketing or advertising or something. But more or less, the idea that you are interacting with a bunch of people who agree with you online is part of the system. It's part of the prison. And so uh, thank you for putting that so well, because it's something I scream about all the time. But, uh, you know, sometimes People are so mesmerized by the googly eyes, they tune it out. Yeah. Well, they are quite mesmerizing, actually. So, yes, yeah, you're yes. right. You're, they don't move very much, though. Can you shake your head a little no, bit? No, they so, don't. Oh, there we go. There we go. Woo! Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Only one of them's moving, though, man. Yeah, Sorry about that. They're pretty you damaged. Need... They've been going yeah. for a couple of years now. Yeah. Okay. Back to uh, back to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. 
uh, okay. echo chambers. Okay. So making positive change, and we'll talk about some of the things we've done. Like, for instance, you, you don't have to think on the state level. If that's too big, and, you know, it's, thinking about federal level, that's huge and also impossible to change. We could talk about that in a little bit too. Remind me about that. And there's this uh, idea that federal is the one that matters. Yes, that other stuff don't matter. It doesn't matter. Look yeah. at what we did in Missouri. We don't follow right. federal gun law. I love you know, it. Um, we didn't go to the Fed to do that. We did it right here in our own state using the 10th mm-hmm. Amendment. Tools left for us by the founding fathers. If the United States government got too tyrannical, you could use the 10th Amendment to start, you know, refusing resources in your state to the federal government. And that's what anti-commandeering doctrine is all about. Madison Doctrine. Wow. Uh, Monroe Doctrine. So, okay, going to gold and silver now. Let's get into the sexy topics now. Uh, <laughs> okay. As if, you know, your Second Amendment rights aren't sexy enough. Let's talk about gold and silver. Ooh, Let's shiny. talk about that. Shinies. Pretties. Love it. Okay. Guys, uh, anyone who's watching this today should understand that we have we have hard times ahead of us. The dollar is actually being inflated. Some would say hyperinflated. I don't think we're quite there yet. We'll, we'll know it when we see it. Mm-hmm. And the government wants to, and the Federal Reserve wants to put us on something called the digital dollar. Yes. Now, the digital dollar comes with it an enormous amount of tyranny. That comes with digital wallets, facial IDs, social credit scoring, ESG, and if you don't agree with the government, I'm sorry, you can't, your car won't start anymore. Yeah, you know, and programmable as well, programmable yes. money. They can control where and when and what you spend it on. Correct. So if you've been a bad boy, Basil, mm-hmm. and if you were critical of the government for something, and you go to the grocery store to go buy a couple of steaks for you and your wife to have for dinner tonight... They may think, gosh, darn it, Basil, you can't have those steaks tonight. Your carbon footprint is too big. That's why they Mm -hmm. call me the bad boy of podcasting. That's right. (laughs) So, but think beyond that. Think not being able to start your car in the morning. Uh, Think about actually a, a camera like this one right here, looking at your face as you go into a storefront, but they won't let you in the store because your social credit score is too low to be able to go inside that store. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing in China right now. It's actually happening. It's been reported. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not making stuff up here. No, no. This- Our people are very familiar. We are one of those podcasts that started talking about CBDCs and social credit scores back in 2016, mm-hmm. back when it was still a conspiracy theory. You know? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I got to tell you, gang. This kind of tyranny that's coming down the pike is unfortunately going to become a reality. It's just a matter of time. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's happening. It's mm-hmm. they're putting all kinds of infrastructure into place right now. In fact, we just fought something here in the state of Missouri. Before we get to the sexy topic of gold and silver, let me share one more thing with you. Yes. In the state of Missouri, we have a House speaker. We're talking about Missouri politics here, not federal stuff. A House speaker by the name of Dean Plocker. And ah. Dean Plocker is an interesting fellow. Very, very, very interesting fellow. Um, he's got a lot of power. In fact, I think his power extends beyond the state of Missouri, uh, but I, I think we'll cover that another time. Yeah, well, he was the guy. Didn't he take some trips over to Israel recently? Was he, uh, was Exactly. Uh, one year ago in the summer. Uh-huh. That's correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did take a trip to Israel. He took the uh, governor of Missouri along with him for cover. And while the governor of Missouri was enjoying all kinds of tours around Israel, he was jet setting around Europe making business deals. 
And of course, that was paid for by the Heritage Group. And that's another story. But uh, we'll get into that another time. Actually, we should probably consider very strongly doing that in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. But okay, so Dean Plocker tried the operative word, tried to get ESG compliant software shoved into the Missouri House of Representatives. The name of the software was called Fireside. And Fireside was an AI database that was ESG compliant. They tried to do it during a governor's veto session. So let me explain what that means. Let me set this up. We have a normal legislative season that starts shortly after the new year, say January 3rd, 4th, 5th, something like that. And it usually ends right around the middle of May. So we have a fairly long legislative season, you know, which is four and a half months, you know, up to five months. And and then the rest of the year, they're not working. So we have a part-time legislator. They have regular jobs. And then they are also representatives and senators. So in, it, what happened was Dean Plocker tried to get this software shoved through with absolutely um, no legislative oversight, really, um, during a governor's veto session, not during the normal legislative session, with no appropriations bills to go with it. It's $800,000. And basically, that software um, is AI capable for a database. That's a pretty scary. We could go, we could spend an hour on that. Why we should stay away from AI capable databases, all right? Okay. Because yeah, right. databases are fine the way they are. We don't need uh, artificial intel- intelligence governing databases. Um, but at the same time, ESG compliant, which means basically the software could plug into social credit scoring. Uh, Not only sort that, of turnkey. It's part of that turnkey mm-hmm. uh, totalitarianism. Yes, you're right. And and this kind of stuff is going into your state. I mean, when's the last time? And I, I'm I'm speaking, you know, basically to anyone who's watching. When's the last time you called up your representative or your senator and asked them what kind of constituency management software they're using? Make sure it's not Fireside. I mean, that's we found out. We we went to work immediately. The grassroots in Missouri went to work to shut down that operation, and we had very precious little time to do it. And how much time is that, Basil, you may ask? In fact, I think I did hear you ask. How much time did you have, Pat? 36 hours. <laughs> oh, my god! We had 36 hours to shut down the operation. Wow. And we did it. So that software is not in our state. And it was a sure thing 36 hours before they had a hearing on it. That's a, a sure thing. That's a high pressure situation, my mm-hmm. friend. I mean, you know, a lot of people, we kind of think of government moving as very slow. We think it's, you know, we're, we're kind of taught that the amount of bureaucracy means really nothing ever gets done. It's sort of a very popular sort of colloquial idea, especially mm-hmm. for people who are kind of you know, into following things. And the idea that, you know, the government is kind of dysfunctional, it's kind of slow, it's kind of nothing. You know, some people like it that way. Some people think it needs, Mm. you know, AI to help it speed up. But there are these situations. I'm re-watching House of Cards right now. And of course, they put their... Oh, that's kind of rude, man. You're supposed to be interviewing (laughs) me right now. (laughs) I I knew you had virtual goggles on for something. I didn't realize it was House of Cards. He caught me. Um, Kevin Spacey, geez. It's, geez, I know. It's it's <laughs> weird watching it 
now that Kevin Spacey uh, has been revealed to be what he is. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so we, we have this idea that things move slowly. But in reality, there are these moments where it is a do or die right now. You've got a number of hours. And if you don't do it, the history of your state changes forever. That's right. Incredible. Yep. And so it was a 36 hour operation, uh, all the grassroots, all the conservative grassroots. We joined together and actually made it happen. And I can explain how. But basically, there was a video made um, with another group called Rogue Politics and myself. And that was passed out basically to everyone we knew in the network that could make sure that it got in front of every legislator within 10 to 15 minutes of them receiving it. Wow. So that that's the kind of, you know, grassroots can be very, very effective when you guys, you know, when when all the egos are dropped and we realize there's a massive threat and we need to take care of business right away, we can really get things done, or at least we can shut things down. Getting something going is harder. It's easier, actually, to shut down bad stuff than it is to get good stuff across the finish line, by the way, if you've never been in a grassroots organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we so we had to, you know, basically defeat Dean Plocker again. And this guy's been caught up in three scandals this year. Our House Speaker, a representative, Dean Plocker, District 89, for those who are paying attention, um, has been caught up in three scandals. And the Ethics Committee, which he personally handpicked all the members of, has found nothing wrong so far. Uh, they've met two, three times about the guy already. And so they have nothing to report. Of course. So uh, so at any rate, so we do have problems in the state of Missouri, but we know we're working on them and we're exposing corruption. That's another big thing, because Missouri is going to become a bastion of freedom, especially when gold and silver legislation gets done. And we'll go into that in a bit. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about how things, uh, first of all, with grassroots organizations, trust me, we're getting to gold and silver in a second. (laughs) Um, When it comes to grassroots, you know, and organizations, you always want to look at several things, but one of the things you want to look at is, are they asking you for money? If they're asking for money and they're asking for money to do, you know, uh, you know, uh, to look after your freedoms, like, you know, the NRA. Yeah. If I give the NRA 50, 75 bucks a year, I don't have to worry about my second amendment rights anymore. Right. Isn't that right, Basil? Is that kind of how they, that's the idea. That's yeah. democracy for you. Yeah. And it's not working out too well. Uh, the NRA has failed. I'm glad they're taking all the arrows right now, you know, for all the other Second Amendment groups. But the NRA is a failure. Um, mm. If you so basically Second Amendment Preservation Act, I could even go into Wall Street Silver, which I was there in the beginning of it. It's kind of a sordid story. I don't want to go into too many details, but um, the idea of Wall Street Silver was great. But it turned bad. But there's a good side to it. You know, there's silver lining to every cloud, right? Sure. And now we have the Silver Degen Club, which is coming out of that. You know, actually a grassroots organization to, you know, promote the idea, you know, of gold and silver as money and also to stop the manipulation of gold and silver. And I just did an interview with the Silver Degen Club yesterday. Um, and so we have good things coming out of what became Wall Street Silver, which was nothing more than a, uh, you know, a penny stock pump and dump. 
is what Wall Street Silver became. Oh, gosh. Um, so, so there's good grassroots out there and there's bad grassroots out there. I just want folks to know that we don't take any money whatsoever. What we do is we request that you give some of your time to join us up in Jefferson City or to make phone calls or email your senator or representative. Reasons being, now we're getting into gold and silver. Yeah, I saw your eyes got a little bit bigger there when I said gold and silver. There. <laughs> okay. Salivating over here, man. If uh, some of you uh, probably may not have known that we were involved with trying to or working to get SEPA across the finish line because they know us as the silver and gold crew. In the state of Missouri, we have a senator. His name is Senator Bill Eigel. He's an amazing man. But one of his bills that he had in 2023 was called SB 100. And it did many things, but the first and foremost turned the idea because it did not get out across the finish line. Once again, we'll talk about this. This is Dean Plocker again, folks, the same man I was just talking about that stopped this bill. Um, but the idea is to get silver and gold as legal tender in the state of Missouri. Now, this is a grassroots function. It doesn't uh, sound it doesn't sound like it should be be something that anybody would really disagree with you would think yeah you would i mean think. i'm all you, for holy mackerel i'm all for, for steel manning uh, steel manning the competition's argument but i have a hard time steel manning the idea that gold and silver shouldn't be tender yeah you know it's it sounds awfully constitutional doesn't it uh-huh. It sounds like Article One, Section Ten of the Constitution. You know that don't, nothing will be money in in the United States of America except for gold and silver coin, right? Yeah, it does. And uh, but so within this bill, and by the way, I gotta get into some of the stories here because we've got to have a laugh at the end of this, okay? Right. Because this bill got killed. It got all the way up to the finish line, and it was shot dead. Uh, literally by Dean Plocker, and I'll tell you how he did it, literally at the finish line. It wasn't allowed to cross. Hmm. So the bill does several things, but another thing it did, remember we were talking about the 10th Amendment earlier? Yes. Okay. One thing that was really great in SB 100, this bill, and by the way, this bill was copied by other states, which was great. They found the bill, they copied it. By the way, legislation is not copyrighted. If there's a state that has a really good bill, a really good bill, you know, that's mm-hmm. on the docket there somewhere, steal right. it. Steal the oh, language just copy and paste, do good baby. things in your state. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can just copy paste it, huh? That's right. You sure wow. can. Uh, states should steal good ideas from each other, by the way. And uh, and they often do. So, so this bill also had a 10th Amendment component saying there will be no confiscation of gold and silver in the state of Missouri, period. Uh, so, in fact, it even gave a, uh, a, a clause for, you know, basically a fast tracking through the court system if it did happen to you. So, once again, uh, 10th Amendment component. But it did something else that was really neat. And that was actually give a value to gold and silver. Okay. So, it was weight, purity, spot price, which is the government price, the government manipulated price, and then the premium. And so those four components make up the price of gold and silver. And so logical. Yeah, it's actually quite logical, especially when you have that free market component component of the premium in there. Very important. And other states were, you know, saw all the stuff we were doing in Missouri. There was a lot more in the bill, too. We actually had an allowance to, you know, basically start a depository of sorts. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, states do have depositories. Uh, Texas has one. Uh, Utah has one. Uh, Tennessee just got legislation done in 2023 to get a depository. Uh, so other states are thinking about gold and silver as well. It's not just Missouri. But it is literally the only hope for people to literally get protection from the digital dollar. There's really nothing else out there because when they want to start taking away dollars, they can. We don't own them. We don't. Those are Federal Reserve notes. Right. Those are debt instruments. Yeah, they don't actually belong to us. They don't. Gold and silver, though, that's loyal title. So gold and silver, when you have it in your hand, it's yours. You own it. So it's way property was supposed to be, too. But we'll do another. Yes, it's <laughs> somewhat revolutionary. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's interesting? And you might ask, and in fact, you know, I could tell by looking at looking in your eyes right now, you're mm-hmm. wondering, did the banks give you a problem, Pat? Were the banks trying to shut down <laughs> your bill? The answer is no. Really? Nope. Banks didn't have a problem with this bill. Do you know why? I do find that surprising. Tell me why. Because with the digital dollar, your mom and pop banks and your regional banks have no reason to exist anymore. Hmm. They have no. Oh, they, so it not squeezes needed. out. Yep. Squeezes so the gold. little guy. So the big That's banks correct. are big fans of this. Banks are smart. They generally have smart people in them. And the regional and mom and pop banks don't have any problem with gold and silver bills. They don't fight them because they realize with the digital dollar coming, they're gone. With gold and silver, there's a real good chance they can survive and still serve you know, the, their communities and still stay a business. So there's, there's opportunity in that for them. So, yeah, we didn't get any resistance except for Democrats. And, and I'm okay. And, and I am not doing the right love paradigm thing here because I told you we got killed. Literally Plocker killed this. Dean Plocker killed this when we we're at the finish line. And believe me, it is hard to get a bill to the finish line in the state of Missouri. Why? Cause they file like 3000 of them a year. And only about 120 of them get to the finish line. And most of those are appropriations and uh, the budget. <laughs> so Got it. let me tell you what happened. And this is immortalized because I actually created a video, you know, and it's out and actually YouTube took it off our channel. So it's on rumble, I believe. And it is the actual house hearing on gold and silver. Oh, and wow. it, 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 because we have cameras and we have audio in the Missouri house. And we got treated to Democrats regaling us of their concerns of Nazi gold making it into the state of Missouri. What? Oh, yeah. They're very concerned about that. But not just Nazi gold. You see your eyes are getting bigger. Confederate gold. They're very concerned about that as well. What in the world? About Confederate gold going in circulation in Missouri. But, But it gets better. MAGA gold. They were worried about MAGA gold making it into circulation in Missouri. What does that even mean? That's but so we're bizarre. We're not sure yet. I have a team of scientists working on it right now. Uh, <laughs> this is trying to address the Nazi coins. It could. It could. Could if it was official Nazi coins, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So um, foreign coinage or on the behalf of a foreign government. Foreign coinage. Okay. What about private coinage? I'm not sure on that. Yeah, it probably doesn't address that, right? What about Confederate coinage? Would address that? So if it's considered a foreign government, yes. Would it be considered a foreign government? 
Yes. It would. Okay. I like that answer. Um, I, I don't know if that's true since it's domestic in that it's here, but I think that, I think that you're right. Um, what about coinage like commemorative coins? Like, uh, I, I saw an ad recently for Donald Trump commemorative coins uh, uh, that were gold coins. Would those be accepted by the Department of Revenue? I don't believe that this addresses that. We're talking about foreign coins. So it doesn't address it. So we would still have a problem where Donald Trump, or if, if Joe Biden had gold coins uh, that were commemorative coins for his inauguration, uh, you might have more of a problem with that. So, so maybe I'll stay away from, from the, the orange man. Uh, those coins would still be accepted and, and our departments of revenue offices, our fee offices, the private businesses would have to accept them because they are gold coins and they would have to figure out how to value them, right? It could. Okay. Well, I think this amendment is a step in the right direction, gentlemen, because at least you're saying no Nazi gold. Uh, but I think we still have some other problems here. But there was one more. There was one more. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. You look ready. Zombie apocalypse silver. What? And they said this on the house floor Wait. in front of cameras, in front of the public. A guy uh, in a suit. The reasons why they said we should never let gold and silver in Missouri. Nazi gold could make its way into Missouri. Confederate gold could make its way into Missouri. Mega gold and zombie apocalypse silver. And they did this straight faced on the floor of the house in the state of Missouri while we were trying, we were literally at the finish line. Gold has never been worth zero. As far if, as I'm if aware, we were in a zombie apocalypse, gentlemen, I, just serious question here. I'm not, I'm not like, would, which would be more valuable, gold or maybe oil or food? So, gentlemen, I stand by what I said, and I, I've already suggested to you I, I feel that I am not in a good position to predict the future. I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand why gold zero. has intrinsic value as opposed to gold has the value that the market is willing to pay for it. And uh, so Peter Meredith did that. I can't remember all the names of the Democrats. There was one. Repo oh, by the way, here's one thing you didn't get to see in that video was the huge line of conservatives that were waving white papers in the air, standing up next to a microphone, waiting for the, the floor leader to recognize them so they could speak to the bill. SB 100, Missouri Silver and Gold Bill, as legal tender. They weren't allowed to speak. Now, one guy did get to, one conservative did get to speak, and but all the rest of them were Democrats, and they were given like 10, 15 minutes each. It was terrible. So that's the treatment we got because of Dean Plocker. So we recognize that. And I've talked to a lot of people in the House. They recognize that Dean Plocker killed the bill. He single-handedly decided for 6 million people that we weren't going to have gold and silver. And the reason why is because the Senate, at the very same time that was going on in the House, the Senate was looking at uh, Dean Plocker's corporatist bill known as sports betting. And there was a lot of senators that uh, were you know, opposed to the sports betting bill. So they filibustered. 
So that's the reason why Dean wouldn't let gold and silver across is because uh, he wouldn't let a grassroots bill across because his corporatist bill wasn't being allowed across. In the we're trying to make sure we're not in uh, conflict with the United States Constitution. Again, yeah, as well. I mentioned, Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution says that no state shall, it actually says a lot of things, right, enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters, so on and so forth, coin money, can do that, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. Okay. And so we're just trying to mirror that language, lady, well, that of course Queen. goes Gentlemen. back a couple of hundred years now. Okay, uh, another question for and you. other states have done this, I might mention to you, a number of states. And so, you know, that's perhaps some comfort hopefully would be gained in that we're not... Nah, I don't have a lot of comfort in that. ...creating the wheel here. Chris, gentlemen, would you be able to use Nazi gold coins as currency in the state of Missouri? I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing uh, you. Would you be able, if this legislation were to pass, would someone be able to walk into one of our state offices and pay a state debt using Nazi gold coins? So the legislation says gold and silver coinage. So again, I think that this could be probably promulgated and greater clarity could be given if necessary. Uh, and, and I mean, I think that it's not necessarily uh, precludes in the language of the statute or the U.S. Constitution that specifies necessarily where the coins have to be minted. This and is, so, gentlemen, I'm going to cut you off right there. And that is incredibly troubling to me. If we're going to actually seriously try to vet a piece of legislation, I honestly, this is one of the most poorly thought out pieces of legislation that has come well, I disagree. <laughs> you know, and, and I actually looked into that because I didn't realize, you know, I was, I was like, oh, my God, Democrats knew something more about gold and silver than I did. And so I actually looked it up to find out that Nazis coined absolutely no gold or silver. They did plunder. They took gold and silver. Yeah. But they sent most of right. it to Switzerland, um, um, basically to their own personal accounts held there. Uh, and they didn't really circulate it. Uh, they were doing Deutsche Marks. So, you know, it, it's of course, for those who are paying attention, you already know this. I mean, a, a lot of politics is performance and theatrics. Uh, mm -hmm. sometimes just saying something to fill the time or just to, you know, check off a box that something was said. But I mean, you're talking about a grade A Oscar winning performance in the state legislature mm -hmm. about SB 100, mm -hmm. trying just grasping at the air for any reason at all to make gold and silver or to not make gold and silver. Gold has the value that the market is willing to pay for it. And, and comparing that to any other precious metal or any other commodity, why gold and because, silver why treat them yeah. in a no, unique a way question. like like legal sure. currency which legal currency is unique in that it has the backing of a government that's what makes legal currency unique whereas gold doesn't have the backing of a government it's just what is it worth in a market? And based on a changing marketplace, that value could change dramatically because our use of gold changes dramatically over time too, right? Yeah, like well, we I use wish. more aluminum now for a lot of things, or we use more copper, depending on the purpose. Why gold? I wish that the gold was still backing the dollar because it would have 
held a lot more of its value than it does today. Gold would or the dollar? The dollar would, I'm due not to the so fact sure. that it's backed by gold. History would certainly indicate that. But the reason that gold and silver are unique, and, and again, I think it's a, it's a fair question. You know, you somebody yeah. brought up maybe diamond or, or oil diamonds or, platinum. or rubies or yeah. any, uh, say, a commodity. Aluminum. Uh, but the Constitution says that gold and silver yeah. are. And so, I mean, I think that is the just feels like we were at a different time well. then. I mean, well, that, I was even pre, that was I mean, even pre-gold rush, right? I haven't heard anyone explicitly say it, but I almost get the sense that some uh, want us to be enslaved to fiat paper currencies and enslaved. subjected to whatever government... It's interesting because might. slavery was really much more predominant at a time when gold was the legal currency. Yes. Uh, so that's Gentlemen, an interesting I, point I to bring up. I use the word in a different sense. But, you know, so that, that but why should we be slaves to gold? Government would have control of the people. By the, they, they can print the money yeah. and they say what it is or it isn't. You know, when it's attached to, again, gold, it, it's a limiting factor yeah. on government. So and what how it much feels like to me print. is that gold became the thing of intrinsic value at a time when scarcity... And property ownership allowed the people who had access to the gold to hoard that gold, largely taking it from other people or uh, taking it from the land. And then they were able to say, no, I'm the one with wealth because I'm the one that has the gold and you don't have any. And now I have the power. Whereas the dollar has the backing of a government that is able to adjust that and change the distribution of it if... If greed gets out of hand and power corrupts, and what I, happens I just when the think, government's greedy? Uh, well, then we have democracy to hold them accountable. We have the power of the vote and the power of the people. Unlike something like gold, the Federal Reserve. Unlike we, something we like vote, gold, where you only the have of the, the amount Reserve. of power that you own. In in democracy, everyone has the their individual power is theoretically all equal to each other, whereas. With gold, it's just who has the most. And in it's, fact, it's blowing my mind. There's others too. Uh, like for instance, in the House, um, in the committee hearing, not actually debated on the floor, but in the committee hearing, there was one Democrat uh, representative. Uh, her name escapes me right now. She said, um, "You know, I, I don't like your bill." But and she was saying this to Dirk Deaton, who was the House handler for Bill Eigel's SB 100. And she said, but, you know, one thing I got to tell you, though, is um, the, the gold and silver has to be minted in the United States in order for it to be money. And okay. uh, Dirk, Dirk kind of had a quizzical look on his face and he goes, um, I'm not sure that's true. And she goes, no, that is true. And he goes, no, I think the Constitution pretty much says gold is gold is gold. Yeah. And uh, she says, nope, it has to be minted in the United States for it to be money. And is she this just is making it of, up? What's that? Is she just making it up? I th I accused her of making it up, yes. Just uh, to say something, just to say something, just to, you know, uh, just to disagree. Well, she did offer an amendment when it was on the floor later. Now, remember now, that was a committee hearing, and it was, I don't know, a month, month and a half later when it was actually on the floor of the House. And then she had an amendment. To, uh, and the amendment stated that we wouldn't accept gold and silver as money in the state of Missouri unless it was minted in the United States. So clearly she did her homework and found out it right. wasn't in the Constitution. Oh, uh, yeah, she gave it away right there. Kind of. <laughs> uh, 
but that's what we deal with, folks. I mean, this nonsense. And you would think that a state legislature would have a little more decor, decorum, and that yeah. they would be a little more professional. But no, they're they're up to their old antics when uh, basically there's a grassroots bill that literally thing as tyrannical as literally a digital dollar. The Democrats, I think, want the digital dollar and the tyranny that comes with it. They're okay with that. I am not. Um, so people who want tyranny, take the digital dollar. Make sure that that everyone else has another option, though, and that's gold and silver, and it's allowed in the Constitution. And that's something that our group has been working very hard on. And it's not just going up to Jeff City. It's, you know, uh, phone calls, emails, and actually getting a lot more people involved and and showing them how to do it. You know, what we can do is amazing. And in fact, I haven't even got into some of our other successes that are more local than that. One thing you got to pay attention to, folks, if you're getting involved in activism is your local communities and your school districts. Pay attention mm -hmm. to your schools. There's a lot of bad things going on there and right. you can change it. And we're starting a program to do that right here in Missouri. And that's a grassroots program, by the way, not a government program. I mean, you bring up one of the things that I think everybody is sort of itching to hear. I think everybody listening is totally on board. They are outraged about zombie apocalypse silver. Mm. They, I think they're starting to feel in their bones an inkling of possibility that, uh, you know, a, a normal non-elite type person can actually start uh, influencing their their local government, it, whether it's getting involved or just, you know, showing up and, and doing what it takes to convince the representatives uh, to, I mean, believe it or not, maybe actually represent them. Um, uh, you mentioned you're, you're showing people how to do stuff. I mean, do you guys educate mm -hmm. are, there, are there classes what's tell me about that if people are starting to get all hyped up what does that mean how can we get involved that's a great question uh because it really stems and it starts from and by the way i'm a poor boy the fact that i have a world map back here and a, a flag <laughs> in missouri i spent my life savings it's all gone now so it looks uh, very distinguished yeah it's thank you so that way i can look somewhat professional maybe he knows what he's talking about if you could see the other sides by bookshelf you know with all of my course. books and everything so, so i'm smart i look smart <laughs> um but the fact of the matter is you're absolutely right uh Everyday people make a difference all the time. You won't hear about them in the news. Um, you won't hear about, you know, basically what they have done to make their community a better place because they're not interested in carrying those stories. Now, it, it, to your point, getting involved, it could be as simple as literally starting a social media group on Facebook. It could be that simple. Um, and then before long, you know, four years later, like us, you're this giant juggernaut with thousands of people, you know, um, traipsing up to the Capitol and making phone calls and uh, sending off emails and uh, changing the direction of the politics of the state. Hmm. And that that's literally, um, you know, something every single person can look at. And by the way, we're no one special. There's no we don't have any celebrity in our group or anything else like that. We're regular everyday working stiffs that want change in our state that want to keep our rights. So how do you get involved uh, is actually very, very simple. Number one, 
this is what I would recommend. And I'm talking from my own personal experience, Basil. So, you know, you know, this is just me. It shut okay. off the federal news. It, it doesn't okay. apply to you. Nothing there is going to serve to do anything, but it just gets you emotionally upset and frustrated, have anxiety and feeling a feeling of hopelessness. That's all you oh, get. Yeah, it, it can ahead. inspire a sense of despair, focusing too much. And I'm talking as somebody who their profession is reading the news. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, in social media, you'll see that a lot. You know, they yeah. get together and they have good ideas on how you fix the federal government. And the thing is, they will never be implemented. And so yeah. if you want to get around and just feel smart around your buddies, I guess you could do something like that. But if you really, truly want to make a change, start with your school district. That's actually quite easy to do. My wife and I have shut down two school bonds all by ourselves. No help. Uh, well, the help came from the voters, really. But all yeah. we did is present an argument on social media on why these school bonds were a bad idea. And You're we did the math. Bonds, B-O-N-D-S. Correct. School bonds. Uh, okay. So basically trying to get more money out of the people, out of their property. Hmm. So, and, and uh, you know, I don't, you're in California, I think. Is that right? <laughs> I am uh, hidden deep in an underground bunker uh, somewhere in the Western United States. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'm in Missouri. Uh, so Missouri all by itself is kind of an underground bunker. So we have similar <laughs> situations. I don't uh, know. I'm starting to get pumped about Missouri, man. Uh, Missouri is a special place. We have our problems, but we're exposing them, number one. And number two, we're actually fighting the good fight to make sure that we get to keep our rights and we get our rights restored that have been taken away, too. Yes. But stopping a school bond is actually a really easy, simple, simple thing to do. Yet people complain all the time about all the referendums in their school districts and their taxes going up as a direct result of this. Um, but you can actually stop these from happening quite simply. Um, it's all on our live streams. It's all on our channels. Uh, we offer that information quite freely. We talk about it. We educate people on individual school districts in the state of Missouri. Now, if you want to go bigger, from my experience, Facebook was where I pretty much started along with YouTube. But, Basil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm going to tell you something's going to shock you here. Tell me. There's a little bit of censorship going on right now. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can tell by the look in your eyes, man. You know, that explains a lot. That yep. actually explains a lot of things. Thank you yep. for letting me know. So our group, we're a bunch of legislative nerds, and we are getting censored so hard. Um, our, we have like 70 subscribers on Rumble, and we're getting, yeah. you know, Many hundreds of videos are watched on our videos. In YouTube, we have over a thousand, and we're lucky to get a hundred views on a video. Right. Um, that's uh, actually shadow banning. So the stuff that I'm talking about with you right now that we put up, uh, YouTube doesn't like. Um, I think we're we're really cool. I think we're kind of neat, and you know, people find us friendly if they got to know us. But YouTube, for some reason, doesn't want people to know about us, and that happened with SEPA, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. That's when YouTube started messing with us. So you're dealing with censorship. I'm sorry, I'm getting back to my point here. Yeah. So you got to make sure that you're on platforms. You're starting a grassroots organization, right? So we're talking about the ingredients. You know, you know, for the recipe here. So you're going to need socials that don't uh, actually censor. And uh, that's really necessary for it as well. So you can actually grow your numbers. But also, too, there's nothing wrong 
with joining forces with an existing grassroots organization in your state and then following them around, learning from them. And that's what people do with us all the time. They work with us and then they spin off and start their own grassroots organization. And by the way, that makes me really proud when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Um, and I myself spun off from, you know, a, a grassroots organization in the state of Missouri. Most people know me for my pro-life work. Um, because that's what I've been doing for 25 years. Some people don't even know I was involved in SAPA and they just look at me, Hey, you're the pro-life guy, you know, in Southwest <laughs> Missouri. Yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm also the, you know, apparently the gun guy or the gun rights guy. And now I'm the gold and silver guy. So I wear a lot of hats, but the organization is strong. It's very active. We're very active group. We are not, uh, echo chamber folks. Um, so we actually act on it during the legislative uh, session. Plus, as you can see, during a governor's veto session, which is not during the normal session, we were shutting something down at the state level. Dean Plocker's evil, maniacal plan to put uh, ESG AI software into the House of Representatives. So we're active enough that we're actually doing things when the session's not even in for the, you know, the legislators. So that's kind of you know, basically the, the, what it takes to, you know, free a state. And, <clears throat> you know, we're different from everyone else because it's your own time and your own dime. There are no donations to our organization, and that's critical because there's a lot of people in the state of Missouri, I'm sorry, a lot of politicians in the state of Missouri that would love to tie us up in court uh, to have us registered as lobbyists. Yeah, it just gives you, it just, yeah, it's like putting a target on your back Correct. to be... You know, some sort of lobbying organization. It, sure. it ties you up with all sorts of regulation and reporting and stuff like that. But you're not, you know, the, the idea would be you're not starting a grassroots, you know, uh, constitutional action group to make money. Nope. <laughs> and it sounds like most of operations can simply be done in your free time on a Tuesday or a weekend. Yep. And in fact, for some of our folks, they might only have a half an hour a week they can dedicate. But during that time, they can shoot out five emails and make a phone call, you know, and every little bit helps. And what you've seen, folks, you've heard during this story, he's got 70 followers on Rumble. Now, a thousand on YouTube. That's not nothing. But, you know, it, it's we're so sort of programmed at this point to believe that if somebody doesn't have a lot of Twitter followers, if somebody doesn't have, you know, a bunch of YouTube followers, stuff like that, that they are more or less sort of impotent. Now, I will say I'm looking at your Twitter, your ex right now, you guys are doing pretty good. You're up there and uh, let's see, five figures, 20K followers, pretty well done there. But that's the thing, folks, that the moral of the story is the, uh, the obstacles to actually enact some change that affects your personal life on a daily basis. It's not about working within this sort of monstrous ecosystem where, you know, you've got to get the clicks and you've got to inspire people and get them to donate. And then only after years of sustained, now, of course, years of sustained effort is always a part of anything becoming successful. Uh, but you can start right now there's that idea in your head that you're nobody 
that nobody knows who you are, that your uh, ideas are too fringe, that your whatever, your your face isn't uh, square enough or something. That's all just the the programming that's specifically designed to keep you from getting involved. That's right. And nothing, uh, there's nothing a state legislator fears more than people they don't know in their district coming to visit them at their office at the Capitol. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what state you're in. Uh, they, they literally are, they're downright curious. They will make time for you because they want to know why you're there. Yeah. And because they live in fear, you know, yeah, they, so at any rate, they want to get the information on who's coming and bothering them. Cause who knows, maybe it's a threat. Well, yes. And anything, you know, basically when you're holding your legislators feet to the fire to do the right thing to, you know, uh, to actually engage in, you know, uh, you know, in this bill or that bill, which they normally wouldn't touch because the leadership, you know, says, no, we're not dealing with those. Right. Suddenly you're asking them. And, and by the way, that's another great thing about Missouri. I visit a lot more than my senator and my rep in my state capitol. I visit all of them. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. We go visit yeah. with all of them. They all get equal treatment, equal love from us. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing you can do when you're at your state capitol. Talk to more than just your senator and your rep. Talk love to it. others, too. Talk to your adjacent districts, uh, senators and reps. Yeah, it's not just talking about the, you know, the senator for your district. Uh, or not just talking to the members of your party or the ones that align with you. They are all technically your representatives. Yep. So represent, and, folks. And Baz, you're only using 1% of your power as a sovereign U.S. citizen when you're voting. you got yes. so much more power to use. Phone calls, emails, and visits, actually, you can, you can use a lot more of your power. Wow. And you, but contacting DC, you have no power there, none. And yeah. for the most part, I'm going to say about 95% of everyone in DC has been bought and sold so many times. They don't even know who they answer to anymore, yeah. but it's not you. That much is certain. Unless you bring a $25,000 check to your representative or your Senator in DC, they're not answering to you. Which Seems cheap, honestly. It I heard does. that twenty-five is not that much, but believe it or not, you can get some time with us. Well, I, hang on, not necessarily with a senator. You can get a time with rep for twenty-five. Yeah, Jeez. right. I I heard somebody say that for ten grand you can get somebody's attention. I'm like ten grand. Why? Wow. I mean, this the selling of one's soul and influence you know everybody's feeling the the inflation apparently yeah okay talk, so we're oh, go ahead oh if you got something to say i'm happy to hear it i just want to make sure we stay on track for how people okay. can the practical steps for you, you know people like if somebody's like yes i'm into it i believe you okay i'm pumped let's go mm -hmm. like how I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say from my personal experience, I have I've dealt with people in D.C. before, too. And I assure you, I assure you, unless you bring money with you when you go to visit them, you're not yeah. going to get anything done. You have no influence and nothing. And by the way, you got to bring not just 25 G for your representative. You got to bring 25 G for a lot more representatives, you know, right. to get their attention and to get them to vote the way you want, as opposed to in your state where it's much, much more easily handled because these people live amongst us. 
shoot, my rep just lives, you know, about 14 miles away from me, wow. you know, my state rep. And yeah. so I, I could go and visit him at his house. You know, my uh, state senator is about 50 miles away from me and I could go visit him at his house. Now, somebody might assume that there's something illegal about visiting your uh, state representative's house. I call. But... I, I call before <laughs> okay. I show up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not like I just appear, you know. Right, and, yeah. And you're, you know, civil. Just, yeah, it's very civil. And I think. Oh, yeah, look at that. Okay. Sorry, while you're doing this, I am simply just looking up who my representative is. Yep. And I'm on the website. It's got every bill he's ever sponsored. It's mm -hmm. got his committees. It's got his basically resume, his career and personal, and it's got his address yeah. right here. There you go. Huh. Yeah, Interesting. This, this is very public information. These are very reachable people. And, and, and I mean that in a positive way because you need to be able to talk to your state reps because one thing I'm going to remind you, you may not have known this, Baz, because I'm, yeah. I'm about to blow your mind here. Okay, I'm ready. Politicians are the worst mind readers ever. <laughs> they truly are. They have no idea what you're thinking. They're not going to know unless you communicate with them what you're thinking. And they I wasn't expecting you to say that, but it makes total sense yeah. now that you say it. Because I think you're probably a better mind reader than a politician is. I'd agree with that. And so is they keep that in mind folks in fact when we do uh we do legislative meet and greets like i said we do a lot more than just going to the capitol and phone calling and emailing we do legislative meet and greets where we schedule a time and rent a place and and have the local rep and the local senator for that district come in and talk to the people and i always do my little you know funny thing at the beginning there you know i, I put my hand to my forehead like this and i say okay senator moon what am i thinking and he'll say what I said, please concentrate, concentrate. What am I thinking? He's, I don't know. So then I'll ask the same thing of the rep and they say, I, I don't know. And I said, I was thinking about cheesecake. You see, you guys <laughs> can't read my thoughts. Right. So I have to communicate with you what I am thinking about legislation because you don't know what I think about the legislation. So, uh, so I do that and they take it in good humor and everything. But the point is well taken. If you're not communicating with your rep and your senator, trust me, someone is, uh, probably who's bringing money is probably t uh, taking up their time. You need to be taking up their time. So uh, lobbyists will be happy to take it, uh, you know, and fill in the void that you leave behind by not communicating. So yes. once again, getting involved, getting that's involved. an email, that's a phone call, that's a visit. That's easy, folks. Yep. Sit down, take 10 minutes, write an email, make a phone call. Yep. And if there's a special cause in your state, you could rally a group behind that cause. A great one would be the Second Amendment Preservation Act, preserving the Second Amendment in your state, telling the federal government to go fly a kite when it comes to gun laws. Say, no, no, we'll take care of that here in the state. Thank you very much. We don't want your people in here. ATF, you're not, you're not welcome here. Right. You know, it's really that simple. Gold and silver. Gold and silver is very, very important. Every state needs to be doing this. And I'm going to give you a heads up. How do you get involved? How can you get something done right now? Go to our website, mofree.org. Right on the front page is our gold and silver legislation that I got from Senator Eigel's office over a month ago. It, you guys download it and literally send a copy to your senator or your rep in your state and slam it down in front of them like you're Perry Mason and say, I want this in my state. 
Mm, yeah. There's no problem with that. There's no copyright. When there's a good idea in a state, steal it and, and make it happen in your state. Um, you know, equally be accepting when other states steal your legislation that you have in your state. There's um, probably like a bit of precedent setting sure. that that kind of means something to these legislators. I mean, hey, other people did it. There's a precedent for it. You can do it, too. To Absolutely. There's many. Uh, I, I could think of four states right offhand right now that have gold and silver as legal tender in their laws. Utah. We have Arizona, uh, Oklahoma. And uh, Arizona, uh, no, no, Arkansas. Hmm. So right away, I came up with four states. There's probably more. But you need it in your state, too, if you don't have it. And there's other things you can do to actually promote gold and silver as legal tender in your state if you've already got legal tender. It's time to get a depository. If you don't have one of those, holy mackerel. That's like having um, a, a, you know, a central bank right there in your own state. I'm going to talk now, about power. Now, just uh, what is a repository? Like, what does that mean? It's a giant safe for gold and silver that belongs to the state, the people's money. Okay. So it'd be something like, you know, your state gold repository that would, yes. you know, search for it. You can yep. see if you have one. Texas and Utah and now Tennessee. They're the only ones. I'm almost positive of that, Baz. I'm almost okay. positive. That's it. That's all you got. Right. And Tennessee just got theirs in 2023, by the way. And what this is just a piece of in infrastructure that facilitates. Sorry, this cat is getting way too friendly <laughs> with that. the camera. Get out of here. Um, the, and that's just kind of a piece of financial infrastructure that is sort of required for the facilitation of gold and silver as it, well, currency? It's, it's not it's not necessarily and by the way that's a great way of putting it but it's not technically required because right okay. now your state has reserves but those reserves are held in the form of bonds Got and it. as opposed to just holding bonds because bonds are the plus side of dollars by the way the dollar is a debt instrument negative value Right. So when you're holding a $1 bill, it's actually worth negative $1. The positive side is on the bond side. And so at any rate, um, so those bonds are being held by banks and by states in their reserves. Why not trade out some of those bonds for, you know, a dollar that's hyperinflating um, into gold and silver, which is not, you know, which is a stable current. It's much more stable than, you know, the dollar. Some would yeah. say that's insane. That's not as stable as the dollar. Well, actually, gold and silver have been the same price for 5,000 years. What fluctuates is its value in the dollar. Mm, so, yeah. you know, that age old story where, you know, 2,000 years ago, you could get a nice toga, a belt and some sandals for an ounce of gold. And now today you can buy a really nice suit, a pair of shoes and a necktie and a belt, you know, with an yeah. ounce of gold. You know, it's the same thing over and over again. Gold and silver were meant to be money and they always hold their value. The dollar doesn't. And in fact, if you look at, uh, you know, 1913 to today, uh, in 1913, $100 was worth $100. Because of inflation, $100 is now worth $3 today. Oh, yeah. Feels like it, don't it? 
Yep, and don't forget nominal confusion. Baz, uh, you know, you've got, you probably got pretty good eyesight. I really, man, when you get cataracts, man, it's, it's really <laughs> a show. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there right now. No, um, thank you. I'll talk to my doctor. Bet, now I'm concerned about you, man. I'm concerned. <laughs> so, uh, so if I held up a $100 bill and I asked you what it's worth, what would you say? I would probably say it's worth a hundred dollars. Yes. That's what most yeah. people say. But yeah. let's say I throw my cell phone up and say, how much is this worth? You know, as the obvious questions, age, what is it, a iPhone or Google or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's just most people would say three or $400. Well, that's interesting because you're comparing the $100 bill to itself. But when I throw up my cell phone, you're, can tell, you're comparing it to another asset, which is a dollar. That's what we call nominal confusion. It's because we associate a $100 bill with always being worth $100 is the reason we don't immediately recognize that it's constantly losing value because we're not comparing it to stuff. Right. So if you looked at a $100 bill and you said, well, that's worth four ounces of silver. Well, you know, if you went back to 1913 and there was a $100 bill, that would be 50 ounces of silver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they got us confused, don't they? Nominal right. confusion. How yeah, much groceries could it. you get with $100, you know, just 20 no. years ago versus today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so striking. I mean, gold and silver, uh, you know, with the admission that the value of those things are sort of based on uh humans and our love of shiny things for the most part but you know it's it seems like if god were to make a an object that would almost strictly have the usefulness of you know trade or something it seems like gold and silver are the obvious choices yeah. and obviously so did uh, previous humans and it's un, you know, it's uh, sort of what's the word? Uh, it's unfortunate or whatever that uh, it, the thing about it was that there was limited quality quantities. I mean, there there can be a lot of it, but it's limited. And we got to a point where those who had all the money were running up against the limitation of matter existing in the universe. And yeah. so all this, uh, all these financial shenanigans were sort of this strange, almost Tower of Babel-like uh, uh, scheme to kind of usurp the, even the concept of value, meaning, you know, demand versus supply. And uh, after sort of transcending the very idea of supply and demand, we've uh, come to a point where value is almost like uh, it's it's almost not even a specific. You can't even put a certain definition on it if you really think about it. Of course, there's a definition of value, uh, but sort of philosophically, it can just mean whatever somebody wants it to mean. And the very act of moving into the fractional reserve banking and all the shenanigans going on, I mean, it just seems like a really powerful, uh, I don't know, spell or some sort of illusion created to sort of usurp what seems to be the natural 
you know, God-given measure of value being gold and silver. It's it feels very. I mean, of co- of course, we know uh, there's lots of occult concepts going on in our banking system. But, you know, there comes a point where you actually feel in your bones just how much of an abomination our uh, our economic system has become. Yes, it is. In fact, wow. it's it's entirely wholesale unholy. That's how bad the financial system is now. And I don't, that's probably another podcast for another time talking about the Federal Reserve System and what it's done to society. And I, you could break it down pretty easily um, and actually explain the the negative influence we've had in society. Everything, everything is affected by it. And if we went back to gold and silver as money in the United States, not gold-backed dollars, because right. they can fractionally reserve that, right? Gold and silver, and of course, electronic versions of gold and silver um, with no fractional reserve, then you would see how righteous a society could become really, really fast when you can't afford to go to war anytime you want anymore. <laughs> when you can't, uh, you know, promise all kinds of money out of the treasury, uh, basically for retired people or for health benefits, you would see how quickly the price of, of health care would come down. The price yeah. of education would immediately plummet. The price of homes would come down immediately. If you were on an honest money system that couldn't just be printed up. Oppression and deception is an expensive business. Mm-hmm. It That's is incredible. But the state of Missouri is working on it. I we, love it. We are definitely, definitely going to be working very hard in 2024 about getting the gold and silver legislation across the finish line. We encourage other states to do the same thing. If you need a template, the, by the way, you know, Baz, let's just uh, throw you're out in, you know, I said California earlier. It could be Nevada. Sure. Okay, if you're in Nevada and if you're going, okay, Pat, I'm game. I've been listening to you today. I think the gold and silver legal uh, tender legislation is a real good idea. What Take do I notes, do? Take notes, folks. Take notes. Yep. Here's what your notes. I, yep. So this is what you do. Uh, first of all, we have it right on our website and it came directly from Senator Eigel's office. So go to MoFree, Mo, M-O is in Missouri, MoFree.org. Right on our front page is a PDF file that is actually our legislation for the state of Missouri for gold and silver legal tender. Now, staring right at it. Yep, there you go. It's got a lot. It's about 14 pages long because one of the things that we have to do is get rid of capital gains tax on gold and silver. We don't have Mm. sales tax on gold and silver. But we do have capital gains, or also known as income tax, on gold and silver. So we have to get rid of that, and that actually takes up about eight pages of it, you know, because uh, the the uh, uniform code has to be changed for that. So, but at any rate, in there is a few other I- items, you know, having to do with gold and silver. For instance, stating a value of gold and silver, um, defining what you know gold and silver as money would be, as well as uh, the concept of specie, which is outlined by the state of Utah. And specie is another way of saying uh, a unit of exchange. It's based in gold and silver. Got it. And take this legislation, read through it, and and make sure that this is something you want in your state. And by the way, you should want this in your state. And literally email it to your senator or your representative and say, this is what Missouri is doing. Convert this bill, you know, for our state and submit it as a bill in our state. 
file this bill in our state. We want this too, because we've already done a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So the, the legislation is right there to copy and paste, and it has to be rewritten because we have Missouri statutes in it. All you have to do is take out the Missouri statutes and insert your own state statutes, and your senator and your rep will know how to do that if you don't. And then Doing boom. it, did, did it, downloaded. I've got my uh, email address of my representative. Mm-hmm. This is easy, folks. I'm yep. doing it right now. And and then basically type up to your representative if you're typing to him right now. It only it only takes a couple of lines. Dear representative, you know, blank. Please read through this Missouri legislation and consider altering it for my state of blank, for our state of blank mm-hmm. or whatever. Read through this. What should I call it? What's just say important gold and silver legal tender legislation? Gold and silver. You know that's the thing. In real time, folks. In real time, this is happening. I'm telling you, if I can do it real time during a podcast, you can do this. Just do it right now. Don't even don't even wait. Just do it while you're listening to this. Yeah, but I I imagine if you tell your representative you're watching him, he's taking you very seriously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you watching, Mister Representative? Uh, and the last part was you mentioned, yep, you know, and, what, yep, tweak it or something? Yep. So this very important gold and silver uh, legal tender legislation for our state, change it for our state, basically. All right. For our state. Okay. There and, we go. Yep. And then just sign your name to the bottom of it and say, oh, oh, also say, please let me know you got this. And call me uh, at the following number. And by the way, uh, I would recommend you ha- actually have your senator or your rep call you. Um, oh. So put that in your email as that well. That seems like an amount of attention that I would <laughs> never expect to I actually. I love talking to those guys. So I get calls from politicians all the time. So And and that's okay. I mean, I'm even though I work a regular job and everything, uh, oftentimes I'll, you know, I'll be at a, a customer site and I'll say, excuse me, I've got Senator Eigel on the line or, you know, excuse me, Senator Moon's calling. I have to take his call. Wow. Like, that's ooh, so fun. Ooh. With love. There you go. Your best buddy, Basil. There All you right. go. There we go. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. We'll see what comes of this. Yep, Keep I, everybody posted. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you, Baz. It, although uh-huh. I'm very impressed with what you've done so far. Hey, look at me go. One more to your senator. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so let's find your state senator. State senator. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I actually had him pulled up over here as well. Do, 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 do. Uh, okay, here's the list. Um, so we got U.S. House of Representatives. We got state senate. No, no, state, your state. You'd be your state. State, state, state representative, senator. state senator. Yeah, okay, I got him. Okay. Same thing? Yep, same thing. You, you could just copy and paste from copy your Copy you know, and paste, box. baby. Yep. Let's go. And just send them that PDF file and, uh, you know, let the good ideas start happening. 
Oh yeah, God. and it's that simple, Damn. folks. I mean, if there you, you want, I can write up a a much better detailed letter and put it on our website that you can use as a template when you're sending it to your rep or your senator. I'd be happy to do so. I think that's a great idea. I would love to make you know some practical resources available to our people. You bet. And of course, any people that come to us in the future. Uh, the, I, I'm I'm in it, man. This is it. I'm I get it. Yep. It's it's so possible. It's so easy, yep. folks. I just did it. I'm in VR, which means I have to type with my invisible little digits, yep. invisible little digital fingers. And uh, thank God that that letter was short or else this would have taken all day. Uh, but wonderful. Now, I, I have a question for you. Sure. So this is easy. We just we're just proving that it's easy. All you got to do is care and send an email. That's mm-hmm. a good start. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say to somebody who is sort of thinking about getting involved and they're thinking about getting involved in a couple ways? This activism, mm-hmm. uh, man, they're they are motivated they are uh, appreciative and now they're feeling a little silly because i did it before them mm-hmm. and i'm a clown on the internet mm-hmm. uh but w- between the sort of civilian activism or maybe even looking for a way to uh get involved, like, like becoming some sort of representative. What is, what does that look? What's the roadmap? Do you have a roadmap? Is this something you sort of help people with? I don't, I, I personally, by the way, that's another very good question. Actually, I do get asked that quite a, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have no aspirations to ever run for any office. I, I feel I could do a lot more good on the outside than I can do on the inside. You're just the guy we're looking for. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> So at any rate, but I do talk to people who want to run for office and that's a lot of hard work depending on the office you're going for. Yeah. But I'm glad you asked that because when it comes to, and I'm going to switch from state representative down to school board. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears on you, dude. Um, But that is relatively easy to do because it takes no money to run for school board. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you're in Springfield, Missouri, where there's a pack that uh, raises $80,000 for you to get a uh, uh, an elected position that pays $0 because school board members do not get paid money in the state of Missouri. And that's a state law, by the way. Got it. So if you want to, uh, you know, basically win an election, going from nowhere to state rep or state senator is kind of difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So consider winning an election locally and school board is one of those ones where we need good people. Um, our schools are in a bad way. Another podcast, buddy, we could talk about Missouri schools because that's something we excel in and we have a lot of expertise in and not only the what's happening in Missouri schools, but legislation to guide the schools and how to get our schools out of trouble. We already have a plan to do that. Um, but it takes good school board members that want local control of the school. So the school is no longer controlled by the state or by the federal government or by the NEA. Because these, the, these are the bad influences. This is how uh, CRT gets in the school systems. I'm sure you've heard about right. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is how SEL gets into the school districts. 
um, the transgender agenda gets into the school district through these filters. And the local people may not want that. But what they don't understand is they have no control over the school system anymore. The PTA that Dolly Parton was singing about ended really, truly in the very beginning 80s. Really? Yep, it's over. Uh, the PTA that that uh, we used to know where the Parent Teacher Association, where, where the parents were involved in choosing the curriculum, that's over. That's been over for many, many decades. Oh, wow. So if you want that control back locally, you're going to have to get school board members that want local control because they've got to get you out of your state school board um, association. So you, you can stop taking those other influences. We have a plan to do that in Missouri, and we're going to be exposing that very soon um, with uh, David Court, who is a really, really cool guy that actually came up with this plan and actually shows you how it works. There's only one school district in the state of Missouri that has gotten away from state and local control. And I'm sorry, from state and federal control and returned it to local control. Only one district out of like wow. 500 districts in Missouri important folks your kids education is very important and by the way if you can't change things in your school district please consider you know taking your kid out of the school i mean i i hate to bring that up in the show i know it wasn't supposed to be about that no, but no. very very important stuff there's some bad things happening in the public schools absolutely yeah we're, we're we've at least been uh fretting about it privately here mm -hmm. I'm just real quick. I'm assuming it would be hard for me to run for school board if I don't have any children in the school. That's not true at all. There's okay. plenty of people that win school board in the state of Missouri that have no kids. That's what I love to hear. Let's go. So and being on a school board is very little work. Uh, I think in the state of Missouri anyway. Well, once again, I can't speak to other states. Also in Missouri, love it. it's four to six hours a month is uh, and you get paid zero, though. Yeah. So that's well, it. That's Four the kind six. of schedule I could manage for yep. sure. Lynn. So uh, it doesn't take much of your time um, and you can affect positive change in your community immediately. Um, but one thing you'll find out if you go through our videos and start uh, coming through our live streams. And we had uh, we had Gretchen Garrity on recently. and We were talking about the Missouri School Board Handbook, which is actually a communist manifesto. Of now, course. we're going to put a copy of it on our website in our forums so people can actually because this isn't for general distribution. It's real hard to get this, but we happen to get a copy of it. So we're going to expose it and yeah. we're going to show you exactly what the Missouri School Board Association is like. Oh, um, but local control is what you want of your schools. And this is just as important as getting something done at the state level because your kids minds are at risk here. The uh, especially during their formative years, the kind of stuff that they're uh, trying to shuttle through the public school system concerns us greatly in the state of Missouri. And there are some people in Missouri that are fine with the school system the way it is, but they are the minority. So so at any rate, that's so that's I something that we can work on. <laughs> I think that's a big thing to, for people to realize, you know, it may feel like even your local politics is out of your control and, you know, it's one thing to be the crazy single singular guy emailing, you know, yeah. <laughs> copy pasting acts from Missouri and sending it to your your representative. I mean, that's all one thing. But I think what people are just kind of starting to wake up to is that. 
there's a lot more people around you who agree with you or are at least as concerned as you are. That's right. And and the trick is not to form an echo chamber, to actually form an action committee to actually get a grassroots uh, 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 movement. I I hate to say movement because movements come and go, right? A grassroots Mm -hmm. revolution to make sure that your rights are not trampled upon by your state government, by your local government, and that your public schools are truly local. They're locally controlled uh, because the values of one community may not be the same as the values in another uh, community in the state of Missouri. But it doesn't even matter at that point when the values are coming from the NEA, the National Education Association, which is a uh, basically a lobbyist group that's federal. And that's where the values come from for for now to every school. That's why you get CRT in every school, SEL in every school. And I can keep going down the list, but um, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't know how much I could say without getting in trouble again on YouTube. Sure. But, um, but your kids' minds are very, very, very important. Uh, please take action. If you can't take them out of your public school, fight to make sure that your public school is actually local in its values and not federal or state local. I love it. I love it. I'm, I can feel the inspiration spreading across the world right now. And if you're not in the U S look, you just, you just got a nice lesson into uh, what's going on in the, the uh, politics of the U S the accessible, important politics. Now, if you live in a country that I don't know, is in Europe or something? I have no idea, but I'm assuming there's got to be a way for you to get involved over there. Uh, the best way is to get a plane ticket and move to the United States, really. There you go. Uh, Consider this your uh, your invitation. And the show me state. That's what we are in Missouri. But I want to say, if you're in Missouri and if you're listening to this, um, and if you've never heard of Missouri Freedom Initiative or you've never been politically active, uh, please consider going to our website and getting on our email list. We don't share your email. We don't sell it. We don't share it with anyone for any reason. But that is really, truly the best way to get information from the group. Uh, we have information about all of our uh, local events that we do, as well as our live streams and our events up at the Capitol. Those are all contained within the emails. And that is the single best way to get involved in our group is to just get on the email list. And once again, this is the power of our group um, because we have enjoyed uh, a little bit of censorship. So we uh, we did we didn't do email at first, Baz, but believe it or not, I was kind of against it. It became necessary after several uh, like discord canceled our stamp. Um, even oh, wow. MicrosoftOutlook.com, you know, canceled our stamp. <laughs> wow, that's a big one. Yeah. Nice. And so uh, the platforms we've been shoved off of, YouTube has shut us down twice, but brought us back up both times. We don't swear or anything. We're a bunch of legislative nerds, and we're talking about how to make our state better. But apparently we're uh, apparently a little too spicy for the YouTube gods. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, they don't want anybody sort of realizing their power, as we've seen. That's correct. And look, folks, it's easy peasy. I just signed up for the newsletter. Let's go. Come on. No excuses. MOfree.org. 
Um, you know, I'm I'm sort of realizing there's an interesting, uh, I don't know, opportunity here because, of course, we have listeners here to Canary Cry all around the world, uh, all around the country, and I see you. I see you. We've got, you know, of course, certain uh, states that have more listeners than others, but it could be so easy to create a uh network of not only people in your state that you could coordinate with uh, but perhaps even connecting with a uh, little canary cry legislative action groups uh, from state to state you know sharing experiences sharing support uh, you know maybe if there's some sort of email campaign or something uh, I, I could see this if enough people get, excited and get passionate enough to get involved send mm -hmm. us a little email let us know what you think about that idea as that's a great idea because honest to god the the solutions to fix our national problems are not going to come from dc they're going right. to come from the states every single time over and over again dc creates problems so they can create solutions and those solutions create even deeper worse problems and this is the right. way they operate this is how we always need politicians right we always need yeah, bigger government of course um so the states need to solve and think of it if you clean up the backyard in your state and other states clean up their backyards. And if they join forces to clean up the federal government, that's essentially what the 10th Amendment allows for. That's it. That's how it works. That's how the system was created. And just because we've been kept ignorant or d despairing about it doesn't mean that it can't be better fr uh, from here on forward. Sure. And there's um, states, too, that have had great head starts. Tennessee comes to mind. Florida's done some great stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm. You've been so generous with your time. I appreciate that very much. Um, I did want to get a chance. You know, you had mentioned things like uh, property rights mm -hmm. and land ownership and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, would you be able to give us just kind of a an overview of what you're talking about here before you have to leave? Absolutely. Okay. We talk about property rights and land ownership. We talk about something that the founding fathers even had said there would never be taxes on property because then you can't own your property. Right. One of the problems we're dealing with in the state of Missouri is rising property values. Now, we're not at, at Illinois levels here. Yeah. But it's because the real estate keeps going up. And what goes up with that is taxes, which you can't get out of. Because Baz, as you know, if you don't pay your property taxes, the government will come and take your property. It's true, folks. So you don't own your house. I call myself a homeowner all the time, but what I should be calling myself is a government leaser of property. Because the government yes. actually owns the land the house is on, and I can't just move my house. And I have to pay those property taxes on the land every single year. Otherwise, the sheriff will come at gunpoint and evict me from my own home. Yeah, the, take it away. Yep. So the same thing is true of personal property tax for states that have them. We're unfortunately one of the 17 states that has personal property tax. And that means I get the, um, the luxury of paying basically uh, sales tax on my vehicle every single year, year after year as well. 
Mm-hmm. So these are immoral taxes, and that's another thing that we're working on with uh, the Missouri Freedom Initiative, is we're trying to get rid of, at first, personal property tax, because that's easier to get rid of, but it's not easy. Nothing, getting rid of a tax, it doesn't matter how conservative your state is, it's difficult to get done. Kudos to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who got rid mm. of capital gains tax on gold and silver in 2023 in Arkansas. Because it is not easy. It just isn't. It, it, take it from a guy who's actually working in the, I, I'm not a politician, but I go up and work the legislature for good things, you know, to happen to my state. And one of them is some kind of tax relief for the people of Missouri. So when it comes to property tax and personal property tax, they're immoral to begin with. So that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind when you vote in April, because a lot of states, school districts will be voting on school bonds in April of 2024. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're in Missouri, you're in New Jersey. If you're in Oregon, a lot of states will have ballots in, in April. And remember this, because they're calling them a no-tax bond increase issue. There's, they claim your taxes don't go up. Let me explain this to you, Baz, real quick, because there's only yeah. one state in the entire country that has outlawed using those those words on a ballot, and that's Texas. Huh. So your school claims your taxes won't go up, but we're going to borrow $120 million. But your taxes won't go up. What they're doing is they have a bond, an existing bond, that's about to expire. And when it expires, your property taxes go down. Instead of letting that expire and letting your taxes go down, they will extend that bond out for another 20 years. Your taxes don't go up, but you got another 20 years until you can actually bring your taxes back down. Right. That's a no tax increase bond issue. That's what it is on the ballot. Now, uh, so at any rate, keep this in mind when it comes to property taxes and what we used to call eloidial title for property. Gold and silver in the hand is yours. There's no third-party risk. You don't need the Federal Reserve to still be in business for that to still have value like you do with the dollar that you have in your pocket. Wow. So keep in mind in April that when you're voting in, you know, basically a school bond, find out if it's truly necessary to begin with. Usually they're not. But if it's truly necessary, maybe you have to vote it in. If it's not necessary, start gathering your forces to make sure that's voted down because your county's going to raise taxes on you regardless. And then up with your taxes goes, you know, more money to the school as well. They always get increases whenever your county raises taxes. So at any rate, so that's what I'm talking about with uh, property taxes. And we need to find a way to get out of them. Those states that have personal property tax, really, we need to get out of it. But property tax needs to go away, too. The most moral way of doing this, Baz, is moving everything to a consumption tax or a sales tax. Yeah, um, right. So, but taxing, you know, for instance, taking away my land, you know, if I don't pay my property taxes, even though I've paid off my house. I paid off everything. I paid off the bank. I own it. I got the pink slip. The bank says we owe nothing on this. Um, Truly evil. It's just such an evil system. Yes, it is. 
the government still owns your property, even when your house is paid off. So uh, just don't pay your property taxes for two years. You'll find out real quick who actually owns your property. See what happens, right? Yep. And, and uh, so at any rate, that's what I wanted to say. And I'd like to come back uh, sometime soon and talk about the stuff we've done with schools before. Um, I'd love no, to have you back, of course. That's incredible. Public schools. And we're we, our group, the Missouri Freedom Initiative, more specifically, my wife, Retha, has uncovered a lot of financial shenanigans in, this, in school districts in the state of Missouri. In oh, every single district she investigates the financing on, we're finding malfeasance, and yet they're not being audited at the state. Um, so if it's happening in Missouri, it's happening in your town too with your school mm -hmm. district. Mm -hmm. And so at any rate, we'd like to, to uh, come back another time and talk about some of that and the ways they play the shell game with financing in the public schools. And make Would sure love that and make sure Would that everyone that. understands your power is in your state. It always has been. It always will be. And it, it, they have lied to you by, you know, literally telling you to put all your attention on D.C. There, there's no power there for you. Yeah, it's almost like 25 grand. It's almost like this country was founded on principles that would guarantee people's ability to, you know, affect their own liberty and their own protections and things like that, uh, just based on your participation in the system. Yep. Interesting how beneficial it is uh, to a lot of people if we forget about that. That's right. All right. That's one last one last question here. Hypothetically, if somebody had been spending a few minutes looking at acreage for sale in Missouri uh, and knew nothing about Missouri, I'm going to name some some places. You tell me which sounds like uh, the best the best buy. You ready? OK. OK. Richmond. Uh, not familiar enough with the area. Richmond. OK. Lebanon. Lebanon, uh, I would go to the outskirts, but Lebanon's okay. okay. Lebanon, okay, outskirts of Lebanon, that one's on the list. We got Mountain View, Missouri. Mountain View is absolutely beautiful. Okay, there you go. Mountain View's on the list. Benton. Uh, actually, I've never been to Benton. Mm, okay, that's on the maybe say. then. That's on the maybe. Last one, Donovan. I haven't heard of that either. Yeah, it's a weird one. It doesn't seem like it actually is that a real place. That sounds like a small town to me. But you've helped my friend narrow down a few options. So thank you very much. You bet. Now, if only, you know, that's it's a backup plan. If I'm not able to uh, achieve the right things uh, in my state through my new impassioned power to get involved with my state politics, Missouri's plan B. I'll see you there, buddy. You bet. That'd be great. And, and I'll tell you what, if anyone wants to move to Missouri and if they're looking for areas and everything, I'll be happy to tell you, I would personally look for places with the lowest property taxes first. Mm, yeah, and that, that sounds like a good idea. And so I live in a county that's got very high property taxes. Unfortunately, it didn't when we first moved here. My wife and I moved here 27 years ago. It was reasonable back then. It is not reasonable now. Okay. All right. So that's why well, we're shutting down mind. school bonds, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to uh, uh, help secure your, your resilience against property taxes. Especially when the schools get 80% and they're asking bonds for things that are totally unnecessary. You know, mm -hmm. a, yeah. a field house, an athletic field house, 
Yeah. You know, right. no, thank you. We're not going to pay $2.6 million for that. Jeez um, Louise. Yep. So, uh, but uh, I want to say uh, just one thing. I am so honored to have been invited on your show. Thank you very much for having me. And I shudder to think how much you pay for eyeglasses or contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for saying that. That's very sweet of you to say. And Patrick Holland, everybody, it's been such an honor to uh, have you come on the show and really educate us about a lot of stuff that if we didn't care about before, we certainly care about now. And folks, no joke. Send an email, go to mofree.org, get on the mailing list, download the uh, the sample Missouri act there to send off to your people. I did a live. It takes about five minutes to do from start to finish. And uh, Patrick, definitely going to take you up on your uh, on your your offer to come back on the show because I can tell there's so much more that uh, we share in interests and passions and everybody every American listening now whether you're in Missouri or not these things are open to you and Canarians they're serious people man the Canary Cry listeners the producers they have been practicing the concept of taking responsibility for their own media and its survival against the onslaught of the advertising industry the corporate uh, takeover deciding what media exists and what doesn't exist folks the value for value model transfers to your local politics it transfers to your state politics it's if you're a producer of the show you are already steps ahead in uh, fostering the mindset that it takes to take responsibility for the government of your state i mean it's that it's that simple self-governance people that's the value for value model in uh it manifest in other ways so patrick holland thank you so much my friend if you'd like feel free to plug uh any you know websites or, or video channels or anything like that just in case anybody's interested in more you bet. Uh, the best thing to do is just go to our website. All of our socials are, are, are listed there. That's Mo Free. Mo is in Missouri. MoFree.org. And there you generally get all the information you need about what we're doing. The Getting on the email list, if you're in the state of Missouri, is critical. Um, but if you're in another state and you want to be in the email list, I won't stop you from doing that. That way you can keep tabs on us so you can try to emulate what we're doing in your state. But yeah. certainly download that silver and gold legislation and hand it to your rep and your senator in your state. And by the way, you need a, uh, at least 100 people doing it in, the, in each state. You know? Oh, yeah, so, folks. So don't think, oh, someone lives in Florida and they watch this already. No, no, no. Wrong attitude. It's up to you. You personally, you do it. And Folks, there's thousands of you out there. There's thousands and thousands of people watching the videos, listening to the podcast. You're all there listening together. What if in every state in this beautiful nation, we have enough people tuning in right now. If everybody downloaded this and sent it to their representatives, all 50 states would now have hundreds over as more. Yeah. yeah, but everybody's got to do it. And boom, we can make a serious, serious difference in the fight for your country to recognize money as money. 
God's money can be our money. Are you listening to me? Are you not entertained? My friends, <laughs> listen to me. It is if in some miracle, everybody listening to my voice right now did this, it would make a huge difference. And if you don't think that it would, you don't get it. That's what this whole thing's been about, folks. So get involved, get pumped. Feel free to send me an email at canarycryradio at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. Let me know where you are. Let's make something happen. And it's all possible because of our new good friend, Patrick Holland. All right. God bless you, man. I really appreciate that. And you were absolutely right. There is only one competition, one competitor to the Federal Reserve, and that's gold and silver. So that's up to you, gang. If you think the dollar's doing a great job, and if you think the dollar's holding its value, then do nothing because, uh, you know, that's exactly what they want you to do. If you feel that you need another option before the digital dollar comes out, if you feel that inflation is eating away at the value of your purchases daily, destroying your savings and taking your pension out, then you might want to consider uh, doing some gold and silver legislation in your state. Sounds like a plan to me. Gans is going to kill me for not bringing up Bitcoin, but that might be for another podcast. Yep, gotcha. I'd be <laughs> very happy to talk about Bitcoin as well. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that next time. All right, folks, thank you so much uh, for listening and make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. So there you have it. There's the conversation between Basil and Patrick Holland of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. Lots of interesting things. I, I really am uh, regretting not being able to have this conversation because I had some questions regarding anonymity. You know, is it important to stay anonymous or can you stay anonymous in this process of trying to uh, ping your representatives with an idea or um, a sentiment that uh, people have over an issue? And um, so that's something I was wondering about. But I think the biggest takeaway here is seeing how Patrick not just does content and, and you know, creates a website and fosters a community uh, to educate and to let his local community know what's going on and how to do things. But really, it's the building relationships with his representatives that I thought was the highlight or sort of the big takeaway, at least for me, because um, in our walk with Christ, part of our mission to spread the gospel, it doesn't happen by just a bullhorn or you know, a documentary film, those things help, but it's really the relationships you have with people in your life that make the biggest difference. So in that sense, politics should be no different because the people that are in office should represent us. And that's how this whole system was created here in this country. So we should take advantage of it while we can. And one of the things I appreciated about this whole sentiment here, uh, which I guess borders getting political in a sense with this podcast, we've never been political, but in terms of doing something that is in line with the constitution and maybe pushing back on some things, what you can do in your local communities. Uh, it's a powerful piece of knowledge to have uh, as Americans and to practice and exercise those things where we can. And so I think that's important, but uh, I, I thought it was interesting because it really reflects our economic model here at Canary Cry, the whole operation uh, value for value, which can be summarized as value for value. We take no money from corporations, commies, or cartels. Basically, the model here is value for value. If you listen to the show, you watch the show, you get some kind of value out of it, made you laugh, you had a, a deeper insight into a certain story going on out there, or uh, just a deeper insight on 
certain issues like, for example, today and uh, gold and silver in the Constitution and and how you can act in your local communities, then you give value back and you can do it in the form of time, talent or treasure. So time, you can volunteer your time to help us out in the back room here. There's lots of things going on. Uh, there are many ways you can contribute with your time. Really, it's up to you. Again, this is a, a parallel to this whole thing of being um, active in your local community politically, in a sense, uh, because it's very similar. You just do your thing. You do your thing and we will uh, assist you in um, allowing you to do those things to help the show. But it's it's a reciprocal thing, value for value. So time, you can volunteer your time to do all kinds of stuff, timestamps, uh, help out with uh, Clips Channel. And, you know, there's there's things going on in the back room always with your talent. So art, music, clips, uh, anything that's artistic in nature helps us build the visuals and the culture behind the community. We do memes. I love memes. I think we should do more memes actually. And uh, so this is a way to create culture behind the community. And also uh, it should help more in the social media world. I don't know why it hasn't yet, but maybe in due time. And then also, of course, with your treasure, uh, you know, your financial support uh, keeps the lights on here and helps us out. It's feeding my family. And um, of course it's, uh, been a huge blessing to keep it going but it's the thing that really tells us that we're doing what we're called to do that's how we operate value for value you can go to canarycry.support to learn more canarycry.support hope everyone had a great thanksgiving and we'll see you guys next week but until then think outside the cage <laughs> <laughs>